Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ben Johnson is going to remain with the Lions. So look, at the end of the day, Detroit is winners here. There is a lot of hope in that city moving forward because of what we saw from the Lions this season, even if there's some disappointment coming off of this past weekend. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Let's bring in some help with the Lions conversation. Glover Quinn, Believe in the Lions on Believe Host. You can check out his podcast, plus, of course, former Lions safety, kind enough here to join us. And Glover, thanks so much for your time again. Uh, This obviously was a very disappointing one. We're going to get to the coaching decisions and all of that, but let's just start with that news that Ben Johnson, he's going to stay with the Lions. He's pulled his name out of the hat for head coaching jobs. How important is it, do you think, to keep this staff together moving forward? Oh, man. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. But I think it's very important, you know, continuity amongst the staff, amongst the offense, amongst the team is, you know, very, very, very big deal. When, when you change your coordinators every year, you're having to learn new terminology, new offenses or defenses, whatever it may be. So to be able to continue with the same offense, the same system, and just be able to grow from where they were this year, I expect the offense to be that much better going into next year. Glover, what would be your guess as to what happened at the last minute there? You know, was it, hey, I, you know, I don't really, I'm not feeling the commanders. I got to get out of this. Or Lions come in, swoop in and say, listen, we're going to, we're going to add an extra zero on the end of your salary. Like, what what do you think ended up happening here? I I don't know. You know, and those things, those things happen pretty fast. So, you know, they just played on Sunday. And it's Tuesday, and he's already interviewed and pulled his name out the hat. So that kind of tells me either the Lions just came in and swooped him and and made him something that he couldn't resist. But, you know, you're going to be a head coach at some of these other places. And so, you know, to turn down head coaching gigs to stay, uh, you know, as a coordinator, it's either a really great situation and he just don't want to leave it. Those two teams maybe wasn't a fit. Um, I don't really know exactly what happened. I'd be interested to do a little research and, you know, reach out to a couple of my, my uh, sources and see what was, the, uh, what was the deal. We were reporting that his asking price scared off some of the teams that were searching for a new head coach. I know there were reports circling out there from, I think, Sportsline HQ uh, over on his CBS that he was asking something like $15 million a year. Know um, your value. No, you want uh, that kind of conversation as a head coach. I don't know. What we do know is what Glover just said. I mean, he couldn't even interview until after Sunday, and then all of a sudden it's Tuesday, and he's already informing the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders that he is going to, in fact, stay with the Detroit Lions. I feel like that's a big win, though, frankly, for Detroit. Glover Quinn, Believe in the Lions on Believe Host podcast, former Lions safety, joining us here on Amber and Ian. All right, let's get to the dirty stuff here, Glover. I mean, we got to talk about what happened <laughs> in the game. Cool. And – I mean, there's never been more made about a field goal in maybe the history of America. But how did you feel about the aggressive coaching from Dan Campbell and him kind of staying true to his brand, even in the biggest moments when it can cost you? And it did. 
You know, the first the first fourth down field goal try, I was okay with that one, I guess. You know, I really didn't like it in the moment. But looking back, you can understand that one. Um, you know, maybe you're trying to just stretch the lead even more. I think you were up 14 at the time. Um, I can somewhat be okay with that one. The, the second one, that's the one with five or six minutes left in the game and you're trailing by three points. I think in that situation, you got to go ahead and take the points and tie it up and at least give yourself a chance at overtime, worst-case scenario, or at least give yourself a chance to have some type of game tying or winning drive because even if you score, they go down and score, okay, whether you're down by seven or you're down by three, you should have one opportunity left. But to not get points there and then you go down and give up a touchdown, that generally kills it. But another thing that, you know, happens is when you're playing in a game like that, you're up 17 points. So they came out, they get a field goal, you come down, if you kick a field goal, you're still at a 17-point lead, and you just kind of take the momentum. The second half, I was at the game. You could feel the momentum just changing. San Francisco scored. We came down. They got the stop. Fourth down, when we didn't get it, it was like deflation from the Lions and the, the 49ers. They were on another level. They go down and score. You're definitely feeling the pressure. Then you get the kickoff, and then we fumble the next play. It's like, oh, man, the wheels are falling off. And so I think at during those moments, sometimes, hey, kicking a field goal, you put some points on the board for your offense, you kind of stop the momentum, slow it down a little bit, and, and, and give yourself a chance. So I think, I think maybe he got caught up on that, you know, this is what we do, this is what we do. But I think, you know, in that moment, you got to understand how to control the game, and you're just trying to get your team to win. It's not about – this is what I do, my ego or no ego or whatever it is, it's what's the best for the team in that situation. And, um, you know, that's what I think. But Dan Campbell's the coach. That's the decision that he made. You know, you win some, you lose some, and, and this situation didn't pay out. Glover, what goes through the player's mind who is in the game when these decisions are being made to go for it instead of taking points? Like, I understand, especially during the regular season, you love the whole, nice, our coach believes in us. He he thinks we're going to pick it up. But when the stakes are so high, like this past Sunday, is the player who's in the game thinking about it in the moment, like, I can't believe we're not taking the points? Um, no, I don't think so. I think the players are, are going out and they're playing the game. Um, I mean, they had good play calls. They just didn't get executed, a couple drop passes and things like that. Um you know, I think the players are going out and, and they're just doing what's being told. I think when the players start wishing and hoping that you kick a field goal, I think they've lost confidence in their ability to get a first down. You know, it's not like it's fourth and 15. You know, it's fourth and short yardage. And so I think those offenses, they feel like they can pick that up at any given time. They just didn't really execute and, and, and you know, make tough catches or whatever you want to call it. And so I think that's what's going on in their mind. Like, all right, cool, we just got to go and get a first down. Unfortunately, they didn't get it. 
We spend a lot of time, Glover Quinn, by the way, joining us here on Amber and Ian. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Glover, we spend a lot of time on Jared Goff, on the offense. I mean, frankly, that's just how we generally talk about football. But that defense got exposed, the vulnerabilities there in the second half of that game. You played DB in the league for a long time. Are you hopeful that this defense can improve moving forward? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's tough to win, you know, and building building on your defensive performance. I think they've gotten progressively better. Um, they're young at the corner. You know, when you look at, you know, Bill Dorr, I think this is his first year basically being a, a big-time starter in a big-time game. Um, you know, even though Brian Branch played extremely well, he's a rookie. Um, Kirby Joseph is only in year two. Um, Cam Sutton's a little older than some of those guys, but they're extremely young secondary. So that's been one of the, the biggest things throughout this whole entire season is some of the big plays that's been given up, the opportunities that other teams have taken advantage of. And so, you know, you hope that they can continue to grow defensively. Um, you know, there's rumblings about Aaron Glenn taking head coach in the uh, interview. So we've got to see what happens with him. Do he stay intact? Otherwise, you're, you're having to either promote from within or you're learning a, a new defense, and that can sometimes set you back because you have the growing pain. So I think defensively you've got to be strong enough to win those games. You say you're up 24-7. At some point defensively you've got to get a stop in that second half and give yourself a chance. They couldn't pull that off. And so I think they've got to mature and get some, get some more you know, reinforcements on the defensive side so that you don't have performances like that in the second half of the championship game. And now we can't just put Detroit right back in the championship game. It's going to be a long road to get back there. But I think they got a sense of what it takes to win. They got a sense of what it takes to get there. And I think they're young enough and hungry enough to, to, to go back at it. And, you know, today was good news with Ben Johnson coming back. We'll see what happens with Aaron Glenn and how they move forward in the offseason. Glover, I want to ask you one more thing pertaining to Dan Campbell. Obviously, over the last 48 hours, you know, all the all the talking heads, all the people like us on the radio, you know, blame is going around and a lot of fingers are being pointed at Dan Campbell. Even if the Detroit Lions fan doesn't like the way Dan Campbell handled the game on Sunday, I got a hard time believing that the Detroit Lions fan is actually mad specifically at Dan Campbell. Do you get the sense that the Lion fan is upset with Dan Campbell? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, that's, like you said, that's, that's been what they've done throughout throughout the year. Um, and you, you, you win some and you lose some. You're going you're gonna to make some of those plays and you're going to love it and you're going to praise Dan Campbell for going for it. And some of them you're not going to make and you're going to be upset and you're going to, you know, want to curse them out for, for doing it. We all sitting back as fans and we got the hindsight of, oh, we should have done this, we should have done that. I think at some point you got to trust your coach. He's the head coach. You ride with him when you make the right decision. You got to ride with him when it don't work out for you. And so I don't get the sense that the true Lions fans are upset. They're mad. I think some of them are upset, but obviously that's, that's to be expected. You can't please everybody. But I think for the most part, they're excited about the organization's that. They're excited about Dan Quinn. And I'm sure with Ben Johnson coming back, they're still excited about that as well. 
Lions fans and beyond can check out Glover Quinn's podcast, Believe in the Lions on Believe Podcast Network. Finally here, Glover, uh, who you got in Super Bowl 50? Who you got? You know, I'm just going to be honest, man. I said this before the, the, the championship game. It's hard for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes right now. You know, he, mm. he you know, we had all because the, of Taylor the, the Swift. saying about he hasn't won on the road in the playoffs, and I think that put a, a chip on his shoulder, and he really wanted to go into Buffalo and get a win, and he wanted to go into Baltimore and get a win, and he willed this team, had those guys ready to go, and I think he wants to complete that journey and, and go and win a Super Bowl. So it's going to be hard at this moment for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going I to go wanted you, Glover, I wanted you to say it's because you were a Swifty. That's, what I was hope, that's where I was hoping you were going to go. Analysis. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't hey, have seen it coming. Hey, I wouldn't have seen it coming. America's Sweetheart, she's winning everybody over, including a Glover Quinn. Hey. Glover, former Lions safety, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Glover. All right, thank you, guys. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Should the Miami Heat really consider trading away Jimmy Butler? Kendrick Perkins thinks so. We will get into that next. This is ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Miami Heat have not been very good lately. That might be an understatement. The Heat, they are my team. They are the team as well of Jonathan Zaslow. Zaslow filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian, presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Find him at Zaslow Show. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So, James, I am not reading the topic that you have highlighted on your screen that you were trying to get me to walk into, where James Steele, our snake-like producer, has written on my screen... The Heat are terrible and should trade all their good players away so they can actually have a chance to win a championship because it's never going to happen in Miami. That is the topic for this segment that James put on my screen thinking that I would Ron Burgundy it up and then just read the topic. Okay, but he's not going to swindle me into that because... You just just read it. I I read it in jest. I I read it it in jest, though. I did it. Uh The point is... The Heat aren't so good. Lately. Just lately. Oh what are we, like seven seven games, eight games? Seven, seven games on the right side. The right side's the wrong side, of course. <laughs> and, I, I like, every, every day I wake up and I'm like, all right, you know, are, are my Heat playing tonight? Are my Panthers playing tonight? It's something to look forward to each night, you know? I get to watch my team play. I woke up this morning. 
I'm thanking God the Heat weren't playing. T- I no. need a break. I need a break. I need a break from it. It's seven straight losses. I need a break. I'm glad they're not playing tonight. Michael like, Jr. had tweeted out last night, these Miami Heat are not fun to watch or enjoyable no, to watch or something no. like that. And people were tagging me in it. No. And I'm like, I can't even... They're like, oh, good thing Amber's on air that she's not seeing that you say that. I can't even defend them right now. Yeah, what who cares if you see it? Yeah. You... It's like you have a leg to stand there. No, you know, I think they're doing pretty good. You know? Like, I also don't think that they're enjoyable to watch right now, and I'm actually a fan of them. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to save money. When you bundle your auto policy with home, condo, or renters, you'll earn a multi-policy discount. Easy to bundle, easy to save. Visit Progressive.com. Come. So it is a skid here, but Kendrick Perkins wants to take it one Hold step on. When, further. Where does it go from a skid to the next level? Like, I feel like a skid is you lose a couple in a row. I think uh, seven's seven eight, more than a skid. When there's 82, that's still a skid, okay? Which there's too many. But when there's 82, that's still just a skid. If we get over 10, we start getting double digits. 10? It's a little gets a little problematic. Until I'm going to have to sit digits. through a 10-game losing streak? 10? I think this is the longest losing streak of Spo's career. It is. It is. <laughs> I, we are at that point now. I think that I, they had lost six games, I think, straight in 2001. And now that we're at seven, I think it's the longest skid in Eric Spolster's career. And it comes right after he signed the biggest contract in NBA history as a coach. So look at that. Uh, Spo so mailing not, it in, Not the huh? results you're looking for, is that what you're saying? <laughs> he got the bag. He's mailing it in. Sounds, <laughs> That's what we'd be doing Sounds like the topic I wrote up here is pretty uh, pretty, pretty right on the money then, huh? We want we 100%. If Eric Spolster was a player, we would 100% be doing that segment. Did he mail it in now that he got paid? All right. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, was on NBA Today saying crazy things. Here's Perk. My thing is with Jimmy Butler, yes, we know what he means to the uh, Heat culture. We know how great of a coach that Eric Spolster is. I understand they had a magical run. I get that. But the writing is on the wall. They're showing the signs right now. They're, like I, I'm picking three teams right now over the Miami Heat that are going to make it, that could beat them in a seven-game series. And I'm saying Jimmy is 34. We cannot waste the rest of his prime waiting to see if the Miami Heat is going to be a sleeper team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Okay. okay, first of all, um, wasting okay. his prime. They've been to the finals twice since he's been there in four years. I mean, wasting his prime. How is that wasting anything? Amber, I, uh, it's, it's one of the phrases in sports and I feel like we only do this for the NBA. It's one of the phrases in sports that I hate the most. The waste a player's prime. Jimmy Butler, since joining the Heat, he's played four full seasons. They've been to the finals twice. They lost in the East Finals, Game 7, the other time. Jimmy Butler has never had remotely the success that he's had in Miami the entirety of his career pre-Miami. So the whole wasting his prime... He's his prime has only been taken advantage of since yes. he's been in Miami. Okay, yes. that's 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 for one. All right, we're the reason he has a prime. <laughs> that's that might for be taking, one. That might be taking it a bridge too far. But yes, three. He'd never been to a conference finals. He's now been to three of them in the last four years and two NBA finals as well. I, I, there, you can't take much more advantage of your prime short of actually winning a championship. Jimmy Butler wasn't considered. Jimmy was not considered a superstar, and he is. He, he, he was not considered a superstar until he came to Miami. Right. There's a lot of people doubting, like, well, 
the conversation on him when he came to Miami was, okay, but but when are they going to get a, a number one? Because Jimmy's mm-hmm. a number two. That was the conversation. Now we learned that year. No, no, he's a number one. But as far as Perk saying there's three now, per- teams. Now Perk wants him to force his way out <laughs> because, because he's being so underutilized here. Oh, that's actually not the impression that I got of what Perk was saying there. I got the impression he was saying that Miami should move on from Jimmy. That's the, that's the uh, way that I heard I, it. I felt like the way that he was phrasing it with wasting his prime was more about Jimmy Butler's best interest than the yeah. Heat's best interest. Yeah. How could it possibly be the Heat's best interest right now? Who are they getting that gives them a better shot at winning a championship right now than the dude who's taking them to two? And it's not a long-term plan with Jimmy Butler. I do get that. I mean, his age is significant in that regard. I understand that. But we're making a move at the trade deadline? That's No, trading away Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler tr- trading Jimmy Butler, who, who has two more years on his contract after this year. Trading away Jimmy Butler means you're trading him to a team that is ready to win right now. Which Because otherwise, why would you trade for Jimmy Butler? Right. And, and if that's the case, you're sending back a team like Miami a plethora picks. of draft picks. You got Amber. Which means Pat we're rebuilding, Riley. which means we wouldn't have just traded for Scary Terry. Now we've got issues with BAMs. Are we wasting BAMs prime? I mean, No, uh, but what I'm saying is Pat Riley, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, yeah. he's not a spring chicken. He's <laughs> not trading for draft picks that are cash in in the year 2030. All right. The thing this that, is a team that's, that's trying to win right now. Nobody can accuse Pat Riley of loving draft picks. They're not the, trading Jimmy. Now, now here, here's the last thing I'll say about what Perk said there. I understand what he's saying, and it makes sense where he's saying, hey, there are three teams that I would pencil in right now that would beat Miami in a playoff series. I'll bet Perk would have said the exact same thing last year. Yep. The exact same 100%. 100%. And, and by the way, there's problems with those teams as well. I mean, do we know the Celtics have a good head coach? Do we know the Milwaukee Bucks have the right head coach? I mean, Can there's... Joel Embiid win more than one playoff series in a season? Could he? Never seen it. Can he say never, ever seen it? We have seen him shy away from competition just this season, just this week. Coming up next, did the Cowboys have the worst loss in these playoffs? This is ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I've been telling y'all now, just wait, be patient, they won't let you down. 
It's one of the worst playoff games the Cowboys have ever played. And exactly where it ranks on your own personal uh, playoff disappointment list is up to you to decide. Very disappointed. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Yeah, it seems like the most painful because we all had such great expectation and we had hope for this team. <laughs> a lot of disappointing losses in this version of the NFL playoffs. Greeny put together his green list today where he ranked his top five worst losses of the 2023 playoffs. And I thought there was something pretty interesting about this list. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight here on Amber and Ian. So I'm going to give you the list, Zaslow, and then you can tell me what you think of it. Now, I will go five to one because that's yeah, what for people do. for drama. Right. That's what people do when they're yeah. revealing lists. I've gotten confused about that in the past. We're going to go five down to one. Honestly, deep- James Steele, James Steele producing the show Behind the Glass. When Amber and I used to do a show together, she, she, <laughs> we, we would do like a list like this whenever we did it. And, and there have been times where she started with number one. Yeah, like, what, what are you doing? Why, why would she do that? Why would you start with number one? It makes I want to get it no out of the way. <laughs> no sense. It's chronological to me. Why are we counting backwards? I don't we like that. got to build the All suspense right. to number one. For dramatic purposes. Yeah. Got it, guys. Got it. All right. Unless number it's super obvious like, uh, like, like best quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay. You know who number right. one is. Somebody so you start at number one and, you know. Somebody shut off James's mic. All right. The Lions. Coming at number five on Greedy's green list. I don't know if right, Detroit down, fans so feel five. any better uh, because we've been talking a lot about how that could be considered the worst loss of these NFL playoffs just because of the heartbreak of it all. But he has them at number five. He's now, got once the... you give me these five, like, can I rearrange them if, if yes. I disagree? Okay. Yes. Or if there's other contenders out there that he doesn't okay. even have on this list. He has the Ravens at number four. All right. So the Bills. So... Number four and five were both the games this weekend. Okay. Yeah, that four and five are your championship games. Uh, at yeah. three, he goes to the divisional round where the Buffalo Bills lost. Right. Then he goes down to the wild card round. Okay. So these teams okay. got bounced out much earlier. The Eagles coming at number two for him. Okay. Major and, expectations. Okay. And he has the worst loss of this entire playoffs as the Cowboys in the wild card round. Your reaction, okay. Jonathan Zaslow. All right, well, the first thing that stands out to me is the Eagles at number two. Because, yes, the Eagles were 10-1 and at one point this season. The Eagles were NFC champion and obviously went into this year with Super Bowl aspirations. Anything short of that is going to be a big disappointment. But how do we feel about them coming in with the second-worst loss of the postseason when we all kind of knew how it was going to play out that game, right? Like, there was no—the Eagles, we look at it now— they were easily the worst team in the playoffs. They right. were a terrible would they have, would they have beaten anyone that week? They were a terrible football team. I mean, by they the got time. waxed by the Bucks. Because they're a bad football by the team. Bucks. Yeah, and you're right. There were people picking the Bucks in that game, and which seems crazy if we're judging it based on last year or based on the ten and one start. But because of the way that they fell off at the end of the season, because of who they fell off against, by the way, down the stretch as well, because the Cowboys end up winning that division. By the time we actually got to a postseason. That skid had already happened for Philadelphia. So the trajectory kind of felt flat. 
and you're right. I'm not sure it was as shocking, frankly, I'd because the expectations some. had lowered some. Now, if we take the expectations as a whole, I think you could say that was the worst loss because it's the team that was just in the Super Bowl and that everyone was so convinced was going to take the next step. And everyone wanted to crown Jalen as the best quarterback in the league. And then uh, some of that narrative certainly fell by the wayside a bit, again, mostly towards the end of the season. But because of when it came at the end of the season, I tend to agree the expectations were already down as we went into the postseason. So it was still an ugly loss. I would have it on a top five list, but I understand what you're saying there if you wanted to move it back a bit. I'd move it down some. I would move the Bills up. I'd probably move the Bills to number two because for Buffalo, this year was supposed to be the year, right? They finally got the home game against the Chiefs, and it was a home game against a Chiefs team who we thought was going to have a down year. This felt like the year that if Buffalo was ever going to catch them, it's going to be right now. And it obviously ended in heartbreaking fashion. So I would probably move the Bills up to number two, actually. See, I disagree. I would have the Bills lower. Higher? Lower? See, this is where it gets confusing. When no, higher is one, number guys. one this is, is why high. Okay. Anything below that is low. Good. Thank you for the explanation. I would move the bills lower <laughs> uh, because... No, it's, it's, it's confusing. I just solved that for everybody, <laughs> all right? James, but mark this down so, you, you know, when other shows get confused, because this is a confusing thing. It happens like with the draft. Like, did we trade draft, up or did we trade it, it down? It drives you know? me nuts. So, yeah, so, 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 you know, mark this down and, and send this out in a mass pick email. Or a lower pick. If he's the number one yeah. pick, is he higher or is he lower? Because no, it's a I lower just solved number. it. I just Stupid set the standard. High Stupid. is number one. Low is moving down mm-hmm, the list. Mm-hmm. But there it shouldn't it be official. like that. We made it like that in sports. It's stupid. One is the lower number. So one should theoretically be lower. I digress. Right. In sports, one is good. So good right. is high. It's stupid. done. Stupid. Sports, stupid. Anyways, all right. So the point is, I would move the bills lower because they lost to the Chiefs. And I understand that it was disappointing and that the Bills were supposed to be that team. But now that we've seen where the Chiefs have gotten, and now that we've seen how good the Chiefs are actually okay. in this postseason, the Chiefs were like Jimmy Butler conserving himself until if we're at the playoffs or like LeBron okay. does or any of these older superstars in the NBA, right? Maybe that's where we're at now with Kansas City and the Travis Kelsey experience because that dude didn't decide to show up to the season okay. until darn near the postseason. They are a different team, that Chiefs team. Obviously, that defense is more than the legit in Kansas City. Is it embarrassing for the Bills to have lost a very, very close game by three points to Kansas City, the, no, the team that's probably going to win the Super Bowl? It's a, I, can't, I just can't have it as the worst loss. Really, the, the sin here for Josh Allen and this Bills team is that they run into the Chiefs, right? If not for the Chiefs, the Bills, frankly, would probably be in a Super Bowl every year. But it's always that team that they can't get past. It's like that sometimes. So I think I would move that one back. Greeny, of course, having the Cowboys as his most embarrassing. Would that be your most embarrassing loss or your worst yeah, loss? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with the Cowboys being number one. I am because they, they had home field advantage for the first two games. Obviously, they didn't even get to the second game, but they had home field advantage for the first two games, and they were never in it in the wild card game from the word go. 
They came out at the coin toss. Teams win the coin toss, and they always defer, which is the right move because you want the double dip. You want the end of the second quarter, the early in the third quarter. Matt LaFleur and the Packers were so confident in what they were going to do to this Cowboys defense that they said, nope, we want the football right away because we're going to take the lead, and we're never going to look back. And that's exactly what they did. For the Cowboys, number one, I think it's the right spot. Definitely the worst loss of this postseason. I have a hard time arguing against the Cowboys as being the worst loss because of all of those things that you just mentioned. Because also who it came against. And we weren't expecting anything from that Packers team. We were expecting a lot from the Cowboys. Even if you were one of those people that thought the Cowboys are going to Cowboy, you know, you're Stephen A. Smith and you're just wait for it, just wait for it. But even Stephen A. had to admit this is a really good Cowboys team, right? And they end up managing to win that division. The momentum was there as we headed into a postseason. Even if you thought they were going to Cowboy at some point, I don't think you thought they were going to do that in the wild card round. Never and in it. So, you know, they were ne- they just didn't even show up for the postseason. Never and that was it. really strange for a team with those expectations for a quarterback who was having the season that he was having throughout the entire regular season. I mean, we're talking about somebody very squarely in the MVP conversation throughout the entire regular season and Dak Prescott. Now, it's the player, though, that actually is going to win the MVP this season, and that's Lamar Jackson. That, even though they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, it's that but factor it's the Chiefs, to me. It's Mahomes. It's that factor to me, though, that separates it a bit from the narrative I just gave about the Bills. Because yeah. this Ravens team, with the reigning MVP, because that dude's going to be the reigning MVP, I think the expectation there should have been, if you're the MVP, we do get over the hump against this Chiefs team. And they weren't able to do it, so I think I would have them number two. I'm good with the Lions be where they, being where they are. I'm good with them on the list. They're rounding out the top five at number five. It's a, I, I think it's a, it's a devastating loss for the fan base. But the Lions, as a team, as a franchise, have nothing to be embarrassed about. And right. especially because they lost at the number one seed, San Francisco, who's been a Super Bowl contender or favorite the entire season. So there's nothing for the Lions to be embarrassed about. But Maybe the way Dan that Campbell they lost because bit. it was a meltdown, I'm okay with it being on the list. Yeah, I mean, the defense does have something to be embarrassed about because you can't let a team come back with a 17-point deficit. And I think the coach a little bit has something to be embarrassed about in terms of the aggressiveness of the play calling and how much noise there's been around that. Overall, you're right. I mean, still a hell of a season. And they lost to a very good Niners team that is, oh, by the way, in the Super Bowl. And it's not a team that they were supposed to beat. So it can't be the worst loss because they lost, sure. And it was ugly in the fashion in which it happened. But the expectation, if we had just told you, especially weeks ago, hey, the Lions are going to lose to the Niners. It would not all right. You know, the Lions are fine. They're going to lose to the Niners. It wouldn't have seemed, if we had told you the Cowboys were going to lose to the Packers, that would have seemed crazy, right? If I had told you that going into the Oh, but for me, I don't even care that it was the Packers that the Cowboys lost to. It's the way that the Cowboys lost, and it's when the Cowboys lost. I, I don't care who it was. I mean, yeah, it was the Packers, so it was the, it was the number seven seed in the NFC, but I... I Whoever would have beaten the Cowboys like that in that game, I, I would have felt the same way. So both of us are are kind of shuffling around two through four, but we both agree Cowboys 
worst loss one. of the postseason. Yeah. We both agree uh, with the green list, the, the number one on the green list. Real quick, any of these other losses, like our Miami Dolphins, for me, it doesn't no. make the list because it's the Kansas City Chiefs. It was up there at Arrowhead. The Rams, they barely were lost. Low. Yeah, the Rams barely lost. Rams lost um, a great game, and they were a low seed. No problem with that. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks losing in the division round, not a big deal. Uh, yeah, no Steelers, reason to expect a lot out of them. Nobody cared. No. Nobody, yeah, nobody had the expectation there for that yeah. team. Yeah, Texans, think, Texans won a playoff game. I'm certainly not embarrassed if I'm the Texans. Right. I, no. I mean, I know, uh, I know they, got, they, they got whipped in the second round, but, like, whatever. They, they won a playoff game this yeah. year. That's a, and, and people weren't expecting about. anything from that team, uh, certainly yeah. earlier in the season. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Joel Embiid is, like, five games away from not even being eligible to win another MVP. And yet... That man's still taking time off. We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is available to you on the ESPN app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joel Embiid is playing well this season. I love the Michael Jackson. I know. It's a lot of Michael Jackson. Love it. I, I mean, it's uh, Michael Jackson still slaps. Is it really like, are we allowed? Like, oh, is it allowed? To? It's, well, it's, it's a good allowed. question. Are, are we allowed to like it still? But it's so good. I think good. we are. Like, it, it seems to be the it's artist so that didn't get canceled. I don't quite know how that one worked out. Uh, but yeah, uh, obviously, musical. Uh, the music itself is certainly phenomenal. So Joel Embiid, uh, he's been playing very well this season, obviously, um, monster performances going off, yada, yada. He's also been not playing. (laughs) He's been not playing in some of the biggest moments, you know, like when everybody in Denver buys tickets to a game to see him and Jokic and Joel Embiid decides not to play it 10 minutes before (laughs) the game takes off. This is like some weird thing that's been happening. And obviously, this is not exclusive to Joel Embiid by any means in the NBA. But with the Joel Embiid angle, he's a player that would be in contention for the MVP this season. And oh, by the way, he's the reigning MVP. So he could be on his way to a back-to-back. The problem is, in order to try to discourage players from load management, the NBA instituted a rule where you have to play in a certain number of games to be eligible for the MVP. Well, if Joel Embiid misses a few more games, I mean, if he misses, what, five more games or four more games, five he's not more. eligible. Five more. Yeah, five more games. He's not eligible yeah. for the MVP. And yet he is questionable once again. And this is like a constant thing where it seems like whatever the NBA is doing doesn't actually discourage any of the load management stuff. I think right now Embiid is the MVP of the league. And that's, that's why fair. it's and that's why it's it's going to be really interesting what happens when we get to that place where he inevitably misses five more games. There's no chance he no doesn't chance. miss five more games. So we're going to get there and a year that he, I believe, is the MVP of the league again. At least right now. We're only a little more than halfway through the season. He's not going to be eligible for it. And, I mean, I got a big problem with all of this. You know, I love the NBA. 
Basketball is my favorite sport. But the NBA has been trending now for a few years in the wrong direction. And I'm not breaking any news there when the league has to institute new policies, new rules to get the players to play. So it's been a major topic the last few years about all throughout the seasons about load management and players sitting out and playing. And now it's a huge conversation again at this point in the season because you have players like Joel Embiid. A a guy like Tyrese Halliburton is another one where they're getting close to the threshold. And I mentioned Halliburton because he's having a phenomenal season. He's having an all-NBA-type season. And he's one of those guys who could get a serious, serious bump in pay if he lands on all-NBA because that stuff is tied in financially for these guys. Halliburton is four games away from reaching the threshold. Now, I, I mean... He's had a little bit of an injury history the last couple years. Really the last really the last few years he's had an injury history. So odds are he's not going to be able to get to that place either. Uh, actually, not not two years ago. Last year he had an injury history. Two years ago he played a lot. It's also what but, people say about Joel Embiid, by the way. Well, there's an injury history there. Yeah. But, well, but with, well, Embiid hasn't played in Denver since 2019. Right. And I mean, you can't I, tell I, me that's, that's because of injury. Pretty big that's, coincidence. That's scurred. Like that, right? Well, and also, I mean, there's no other way to. I, I just don't. I don't know another way to to analyze that other than feeling like he's avoiding the competition there when it's not on his home court. I we make a big with, deal every year, Amber, about him going head to head with Jokic in Philadelphia. Right. They play once a year in Philadelphia every season, and, and beat is amazing. I think he had like 50 points against him in the matchup last year, and that's his championship. That game against Jokic in Philadelphia one time a year, that's his championship. He always plays it, and he always outperforms Jokic. And the fact of the matter is, we get to the postseason, you know, Jokic, he's, he's been, been an MVP. He won the championship last year, and Joel Embiid has never won more than a playoff series in a season in his career. Just one. Mm-hmm. One playoff series. He has never won more than one playoff series in a single season in his career. And I got to tell you, it really bothers me where – you're Joel Embiid, the paying customer there in Denver, pays all... Go check out how much NBA tickets are these days, all right? You're taking your family, you want to see Jokic versus Embiid, and you find out, not the morning of, not the day before, 10 minutes before the game starts. Embiid walks out there in street clothes, and then obviously the fans are jeering him, and, and they're yelling things, and they're booing. And I'll tell you what, got a lot of nerve if you're Embiid, and you're smiling, and you're laughing, and you're blowing kisses, and you're hamming it up. It's a lot of money these people spent, and you haven't played there in five years. I think you got a lot of nerve making a joke out of it. I really do. Yeah, and I, I know some people want to get want to dismiss it, like, oh, well, you know, who cares? It's not your birthright that you know to see the stars necessarily. But it's also like well, you have to true. consider the product on the court. And so, yes, you don't have a contractually signed agreement from Joel Embiid saying he is going to play if you purchase tickets. There's always some inherent risk involved in that. But if you're the NBA, you have to consider it from a macro perspective because if you know that you're never going to get Joel Embiid against Joker in Denver, then are you tuning in? to those games in Denver. And this is where it becomes a larger problem for the NBA. And it's a sport that has gained popularity hand over fist here over our lifetimes. I mean, tremendously so. But also that can slip the opposite direction. And ratings-wise, that Heat-Celtics game, by the way, which is 
huge rivalry, obviously storied franchises, very good franchises. It was outrated by the LSU South Carolina women's basketball game. And I do wonder with some of these matchups and some of these things that happen in the NBA and everybody played in that game in that Heat Celtics matchup. But I'm just saying generally, I wonder if it harms some of the eyeballs on the product because overall the product isn't as good when it's a superstar league and your superstars only want to play what feels like half the damn time. I think it hurts the product. I think it hurts ratings wise in that fashion that guys don't play. And I also think in general that fans, there are fans who have been turned off with the whole idea that players rest, that you can get paid this much money. And players back in the day, you go look at the big-time players, they're all playing 82 games a season, not sitting down any games. You grew up watching the NBA, and dudes would play. I mean, heck, Amber, you hear all the time about players playing with Mamba mentality, and they love Kobe Bryant. Kobe would be embarrassed with the way guys right. are sitting out in games. Right. They'd, now, he'd be if embarrassed. Co- Maybe. Although I, I do always wonder with those guys, if they were playing today, right, in this day, is it a little different what we know about longevity, all of that? Either way, the product's not as good, and that's the problem for the NBA. Plenty more here on ESPN Radio.